welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me as always, the guy who plans on attending Ichiro's Hall of Fame induction. Is it in 2025, Bo? I think it is in 2025. Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? Uh, doing, uh, doing very well on this off day here today. Um, finally got a little rain here in the Pacific Northwest, so it's, uh, been attacking this drought, but, uh, yeah, things are going, uh, things are going rather well here. How are things on your side of things? Uh, we are getting rain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys getting the thunderstorms? No thunderstorms. No thunderstorms. Nope. Uh, we're getting some bad thunderstorms. They're- causing a few fires around here so um you know why i like the rain i'm hoping the thunder you know doesn't cause too many more fires but yeah it, ichiro's hall of fame induction that's going to be 2025 most likely right uh I mean, it's going to be a first ballot hall of famer yeah i think it's 2025 correct i think that's right yes 2025 yes i introduce you as you going and i've been in talks to pro- potentially go as well and I think we're going to get the crew together, but, um, you know, that's still a plan that we've got to decide, <laughs> talk about some more. It should be a, it should but, be a, it would be, a, it would be a good trip. Um, I think, I think it would be a good trip. Let's see. I think yeah. there's like, I think I, it'd be interesting. I think CC Sabathia is on the ballot. I think there's a couple other ones that are probably on the ballot. So we'll see how it all shakes out. That'll be Felix's first year on the ballot too, I believe. So, you know, don't think it's going to happen, but it's also his first year on the ballot. So mm. there you go. It'd be awesome if we plan on going just to see Ichiro and we get a, a Felix twofer. And then it'd be even greater if we got a Ichiro Felix Barry Bonds threefer. Hmm. So. Well, what's more likely, Felix Hernandez or Barry Bonds? You tell me. Probably at this point, Felix. But uh, <laughs> that's a discussion for a different day. So. <laughs> Before we get into everything, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. Honestly, that's if you're a returning listener. So welcome back if you are. If you're a new listener, hey, thanks for choosing us. And uh, Bo and I have been doing this for uh, you know a few months now, and we're having fun, and we're getting better at it. So hopefully we uh, reel you in a little bit and, and you know keep you here with our Mariners baseball talk. Um, if you haven't already... Go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram by searching Forks Down Podcast. Um, you can also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening apps, and you'll get notified when we drop new episodes or when I mistakenly drop them after I'm done editing because I usually like to time them to when I want them to drop, but I forget to change the date. So, therefore, they get dropped early, but uh, you guys get a benefit when that happens. So... With all that being said, Bo, I wanted to wanted to keep it a little short today because uh, I don't know if you can tell my voice is a little crackly. Uh, I've been sick the last few days. Um, got a cough drop in, trying to trying to keep it going. But you know, outside of the uh, probably the best series of the year, um, you know, which we're going to talk about, there's not really any Mariners notes. You know, and that's kind of to be expected after the trade deadline. Yep, we're entering uh, entering the quiet period of things where um, 
where there's just kind of other smaller moves going on for the most part. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think we don't even have really a whole lot of guys on the injury side of things, right? We haven't really got a whole lot of notes up on like uh, Marco and et cetera there, but um, yeah, pretty quiet for the most part. And I think it's probably gonna be quiet. Yeah. Um, we might get a Kelnick update maybe soon. I would think we just kind of see where he's at and how that's feeling. But other than that, yeah, I think it's gonna be the quiet season until the end of the se- until the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the biggest event coming up outside of you know the playoffs would be September call ups, and I don't know. It expands what we get two extra roster spots up in September, right? Uh, that's correct. Well, yeah, well, I think that's, I can double check on that, but I think that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's two extras. We, obviously you want to check up on it. Who do you think is going to get those extra roster spots? Cause September's coming, you know, we're less, we're less than a month away now. Who do you, uh, who do you envision to probably get those roster spots when, uh, September rolls around? Um, so I'll be curious. It could be, uh, I mean, there's an off chance that um, I would say there's an off chance that Ryan Bliss maybe is there of some sort from Tacoma. But, um, you know, I think they'll certainly add uh, I think they'll certainly add a reliever um, and probably another bench bat of sorts. Um, <clears throat> the reliever could be, you know, one of the handful of ones that they've picked up over the last couple of weeks. Um, or it, you know, could be somebody that, um, is just kind of sitting down in the AAA system for right now, AAA team. Um, but, uh, kind of immediately anybody coming to the top of my mind, there's not really anybody that's I'm immediately pulling from, right. They could try to fill in with guys that we've seen like one ten. Um, but, uh, Jake Shiner could get an opportunity. I think you could see Zach Deloach get an opportunity. So could be a number of guys. I think um, I'm trying to remember how they've used it in the past, but uh, you know, will most likely be a, probably a, probably a bench bat and another relief arm would be my anticipation there. Well, I'm pretty sure last year they used it on Kelnick, didn't they? Cause Kelnick got sent down, but came up around September time. Yeah. I can't remember the in- entire situation with it was last year, but um, I think you're definitely going to want to get, you know, more relief arms in there in some capacity. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how they play it. Yep. Yep. Uh, to go back to what you were saying about injuries. Um, I think you're completely spot on with that. Uh, we should get an update soon on Kelnick. Um, and we should probably honestly get an update on Marco. Cause I know last I checked, I don't think he was moved to season Indian injury. I think he can be activated on September 1st. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but the other injuries that Mariners are dealing with, like uh, Robbie Ray, Penn Murphy, those guys are going to be out the rest of the year. So, um, you know, no, no reason to worry about that, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think uh, as it gets closer to September, you know, we'll probably have at least a Mariners notes section, you know, talking about probably the three or four, best candidates you know i know bo hasn't researched it i haven't looked into it and maybe we can get back a little bit on uh how they've done in the past when it comes to september call-ups but bo let's uh let's get into mariners versus angels you know mariners traveled into anaheim to take on the angels again we 
we say it every time, you know, big series. And I think this was probably the best series of the season. You know, it's been, I feel like every series keeps coming. We're like, man, that, that was a good series. Could be the best of the year. But I think this one kind of takes the cake. Yeah, no, 100%. Takes the cake, and you think of just, uh, <clears throat> you think of this series, I, I don't I don't think it's super hyperbolic to say that uh, Cade Marlowe had one of the bigger hits of the last, what would you say, three years of Mariner Base Banners baseball? I don't think that's crazy to say. Um, it had a little bit of everything. Um, I, I think there's only one home run. I think there's only one home run that could be, over that but but yes a very big hit yeah yeah and we'll talk about it more obviously but like uh yeah just just a massive massive hit and um yeah i think to do it uh i think against the angels who we all have our feelings for right and especially a team that they bought at the deadline they were trying to make a you know they they were trying to make a bigger go of it um than the manners i think at the deadline um but uh yeah, the fact that we're able to kind of put that up on that team and, you know, I think almost really set them out of playoff contention. Um, it's really, really, really almost put them out of playoff contention, it seems like. Uh, it's just a really good feeling. And I think, like, we're playing our best baseball right now. Um, this feels like the team of, obviously, last year and that team that um, the other year, prior year two, right? We're winning close games. We're playing good late in games, playing better late in games, I should say. The offense is kind of coming around and... Uh, yeah, this is just a lot of fun to watch Mariner baseball right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's funny, you brought up, you know, the Angels buying during the deadline. They certainly bought more than the Mariners. Probably one of the bigger buyers this year of the trade deadline. And they're 0 for 6 now since the trade deadline. Um, I saw a graphic that mentioned the Angels the Reds, the Diamondbacks, and there was one other team I can't think of right now that was a buyer at the deadline. All of them are 0 for 6. So obviously, you know, <laughs> buying at the deadline, you know, isn't turning into wins, at least not yet. I mean, it's still pretty early after the deadline. But, um, no, it sure felt like this was a series that not only prepare, propelled the Mariners to, you know, closer to contention for the playoffs, but that Angels playoff hopes, they got dashed pretty quickly. And uh, I don't know if you saw the Angels subreddit, but it was pretty bleak in there after Sunday's game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was, uh, yeah, get rid of Artie, you know, get rid of whoever the general manager is there. And a lot of like, we're not signing, reassigning Otani. And yeah, the a lot of uh, a lot of doom and gloom over there on the on the angel subreddit so um yeah it's uh it's a tough place to be right the angels i uh you know i felt for years right i think you could say as a mariner fan like we had our ups and we had our ups and downs and a lot of downs but like the whole time we could say well at least we're not the angels at least we're not the mets right and then the mets seemingly kind of have picked it up a little bit uh, last year obviously not this year but um yeah the angels just kind of seemed like a team that stuck and it was just, uh, yeah, I, uh, if we got swept by the angels right now in this series, I feel like we would be in a pretty dark place, right? I feel like a pretty sad place, but, um, you know, the reverse has happened. So I can yep. see why, why they would be in that place right now as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think my favorite one was, uh, 
the the favorite comment I saw on their subreddit was break down this team and fire anyone that's not named Mike Trout. Um, You know, it's, it's kind of wild that they're doing all this and, and not winning. And they've got arguably two of the best players in baseball, Um, you know, for the last decade or so, they've at least had one of them. So um, yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of ups and downs as Mariners fans, but (laughs) you know, at least we aren't the Angels, at least in the last 10 years. You know, they did win a, a World Series in 2002. But let's, uh, let's get to game one here, Bo. Game one was probably, eh, I think since you have Otani on the mound, probably the, the one game that, you know, the Angels are looking forward to to try to get a win. And they, he was facing Brian Wu. And, uh, you know, the Mariners pulled a 5-3 victory out. Um, and we're going to talk about Cade Marlowe, but, Let's talk about Brian Wu for a second, Bill. Six innings, four hits, two runs, both earned. He did have two walks, but had six Ks. Um, kept the Mariners in the ball game. You know that I feel like we're saying that a lot for a lot of the Mariners pitchers, but um, you know, six innings of a four-hit ball, uh, not bad for uh, Brian Wu, who um, you know, because kind of looked a little shaky in his last couple starts. Yeah, not bad at all, and. Um... I uh I I feel like he's getting more comfortable with some of his uh his other off-speed stuff too, right? He's still throwing it, you know. Um I think he threw I think he threw the cutter about 20% of the time in this game and you know still relying very heavily on the fastball and the two-seamer and the sinker mm-hmm. side of things, but um yeah, he's just I think he's becoming he's growing as a pitcher, right? He's developing himself as a pitcher and there's a there's a pretty good article on pitcher list today i think the talk kind of talks about his growth as a pitcher and kind of he's becoming the they call him the 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 blueprint for modern pitching right just kind of given his pitching repertoire and um kind of dives a little bit deeper into like some of the numbers side of things but it's really really good and um yeah he's just kind of coming into his own right and um you know generated 14 swings and misses in this game over uh was it six innings and just uh yeah, just continues to keep the Mariners, gave the Mariners just a good chance to win in this game. Didn't really generate a whole lot of hard contact. Um, I would say, but in that way, generating some pretty soft contact. And uh, yeah, I don't know what you can say more about the Mariner pitching right now. And Brian Wu is certainly a part of that in this game. Just uh, kept everybody on board and gave them just uh, a good chance to win this game and come back in the uh, in the ninth like they did. So. Yeah, I I would have argued that this was uh, one of Brian Wu's better starts if it wasn't for that sixth inning. Um, Gino hit a home run in the top of the sixth, put the Mariners on the board one nothing, and uh, Wu, you know, looked great through five innings. In the sixth, he kind of fell flat a little bit, gave up a double to Mike Moustakis, and uh, you know, honestly, almost got pulled, but was able to get out of the inning. Um, so, um, at least the first five innings was a was a really good. Brian Wu start six inning. Eh. Um, <clears throat> look at the rest of the pitching staff here. Um, Gabe Spire came in after Wu pitched two thirds of an inning, gave up only one hit, had two strikeouts. Campbell took in, took over for him uh, it, with two outs in the seventh, um, and then pitched the eighth as well. Um, Campbell ended up picking up the win. He did give up a hit, a run. That run came off of. 
uh, Shohei Otani's 40th home run. So, I mean, not much you can do there when the best hitter in baseball right now is, you know, slinging home runs like that. But, um, you know, didn't do too bad on the mound. And then Munoz came in in the ninth and uh, picked up a save. Uh, struck out the side or struck out three people. I don't know if he struck out the side, um, but struck out three people in one inning of work. So pitching wise, they did well. And then offense, offensively, you know, um, Gino got the offense started with a hit, but uh, offensively, this was the uh, Cade Marlowe showboat. Yeah, the Cade, uh, absolutely the Cade Marlowe show. And I would, uh, you know, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, um, you know, Cal Raleigh drawing a walk and Ty France drawing a walk and uh, um, a good little poke by Dominic Canzone, right, to kind of get us into that situation. So uh, off of, you know, yep. Estevez, who has been pretty good the entire season, right? So um, the fact that they were all kind of able to get Cade Marlowe into the situation and uh, he was able to deliver was just... Uh, no, it was awesome. I was thinking, I was thinking like this felt a little reminiscent of like Dylan Moore's home grand slam a couple of years ago. Right. I think it was against the Astros. If I remember correctly, it felt a little reminiscent of that. Um, yep. Off, off Brooks. That's Ray. right. Yeah. But this was, uh, yeah, I think that, and this just feels, this just felt bigger, I guess. Right. Just, uh, and it, you know, it didn't happen at home, but, um, for a rookie kind of getting a home run like that grand slam and, a game that meant a lot to the team and starting us off solid on the, you know, beginning part of this series was, was massive. And, you know, I think with the, the thumper by dumper, right. We'll obviously live on, but this was uh this is a big home run, like in terms of win probability added and how much this like affected the outcome of a game. Like if you can quantify this and say, this is one of the bigger home runs, um, bigger, obviously grand slam and Mariners, I think, I would say almost a modern history, right? Certainly over the last two years as we've been uh, kind of a playoff team. So it was just, uh, it was awesome. No, I mean, we, I mean, we were, we were pumped up. It was, we recorded our last episode, right? And just how excited we were on that. So it was, uh, it was an awesome, awesome moment to see, I think, uh, live like we did. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're talking about win probability and they got brought up on the broadcast going into that ninth inning the Mariners had a 1% chance to win. So by the time Cade Marlowe hit that home run, you know, they, they <laughs> exceeded their win probability by quite a bit with just that one hit. So, um, you know, good on, good on Cade coming up in a big spot. Um, I, I feel like Bo, we had a little bit to do with that ninth inning because um, I feel like when we don't ever mention a noble tiger, then the Mariners hit into a noble tiger, especially in big moments in like the ninth inning. And uh, I, I, I said something like, I don't want to see a noble tiger. And then literally a couple pitches later, Cade Marlowe hit a home run. So I feel like we have a little bit to do with that though. Yeah. I like it. We'll take the credit. I am happy to very happy to. Yes, sir. But super superstitious, superstitious. Um, uh, other notes here, offensively, uh, J.P. Crawford went two for three. Um, Gino went one for four. Cal went one for three. Canzone went one for four. Kid Marlowe ended up going two for four. Um, only eight hits, but, you know, those eight hits, you know, a couple of them came up in big spots. So, um, 
<clears throat> the final note here before we go on to Friday's game is Carlos Estevez, the Angels' closer, took the loss. This was his first blown save of the season. So he made it into August with no blown saves, and I'm pretty sure did he he didn't get two. He took the loss, I think, in Sunday's game too, but we'll get to that. But moving on to Friday's game, Bo. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like we got the best of both worlds in this series because um, I felt like Thursday and <clears throat> excuse me and Sunday were kind of more pitchers duel duels, but uh, Friday's game was completely a a offensive game, and it was very very back and forth um, from the word go. Uh, you know, Mariners scored four in the first and Angels answer back a couple of innings later with four in the third. So, I mean, very big offensive output, but the Mariners end up winning nine to seven. Nine to seven. It, um, it felt like a game that we, it felt like a game that we were just going to kind of lose for the most part. Honestly, like I just felt like this just, I just didn't feel like we had it right. Some of those Luis games where it just kind of seems like, Luis doesn't really have it. Just uh, it felt like one of those games that we were going to lose. But um, credit to the Mariners, this was another one where the kind of the win probability chart, um, you know, it looks like a wave goes up and down and what have you there. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I was a little surprised in this one. I, I, uh, Luis just did not have it in this game, right? Like, um, really struggled. I, I felt like most of the game, um, uh, they gave up. So was it seven total earned runs in this one? Um, and uh, yeah, I was surprised. I, I was just real surprised that they let him go um, six innings in this game. It's kind of wild to me that um, they left him out there as long as they did. But um, yeah, I guess I guess there's always a plan. Um, and uh, yeah, that one was just hoping on the Mariners offense to turn around in this one. And they ended up doing that. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I would. Were you surprised that they let him? Were you surprised that they kind of let him go as long as they did? Or what was your, what was your kind of thoughts about that? No, I I'm certainly surprised they let him go as long as he did. After he gave up two runs in the fifth, I was like, he's, he's done after this. And he came out for the sixth, and I was kind of scratching my head. Um, he put up a goose egg in the sixth against the angels, but um, yeah, his, his overall line was six innings, um, 10 hits, seven runs all earned. Only had one walk, had six Ks, but three home runs he had given up. Um, not the greatest Luis Castillo start for sure. Yeah, the slider, which I think he's been relying more on lately, just uh, just did not have it in this game. And um, yeah, he, he still was generating a number of whiffs off of most or all of his pitches in this one. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if the thought process was just we're, we're in a long series and you know, we've got two more games after this one and we don't want to rely on the bullpen too much. Um, I'm guessing, I, I guess that was the thought process going into this, but um, yeah, I mean, it ends up working out for the Mariners just because this was uh this was a good offensive showing, but um, I felt like the bullpen probably could have been bullpen and the starters probably could have been better managed in this one, but uh, yeah, no credit to uh, I think credit, especially to the offense of like how they were able to kind of battle back in this one. And it just, uh, it's just very good to see this Mariner team and the Mariner offense that everybody has dogged for so long at the start of the season. And you can say rightfully so, um, is really kind of having a moment right mm-hmm. now. And, 
yeah, I think almost everybody in this one had a hit, if I remember correctly. Is that right? It was, except our pinch hitter, Marlo, mm. <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think had a hit. Yeah, everyone else did. Um, before we move on to the offense, Bill, um, I just want to circle back around to pitching for just one second because looking at this, if you just look at the box score, you're going to see Luis Castillo giving up seven hits, ten hit or ten hits, seven runs. You're going to think, man, the pitching staff didn't do great. But I, I feel like we need to to talk up the bullpen for a second here because after Luis Castillo came out, you had Topa in the seventh, Sacedo in the eighth, Brash in the ninth, and combined they went three innings, only gave up one hit, and struck out three people. Topa t- took the, win- the win, Sacedo got a hold, Brash got a save. That's a heck of a bullpen right there to come in after the Angels have been smacking the ball around and in three innings only give up one hit. Yeah, no, uh, no, very good point there, Richard. Very good point. Um, and it kind of continues the like over the last 14 days. I think the Mariners have had like the best bullpen in the AL tied with like the, the Orioles in terms of just like um, in terms of ERA, in terms of, you know, K's per nine, like this bullpen is really feeling it right now. And you couple that with excluding, you know, Luis in this one. Um, but uh, starting rotation that typically gives you a chance to win the games all the time, coupled that with a good bullpen. It's just, uh, it's a winning combination and, um, you know, definitely a credit a lot to the guys in this one that they were able to kind of, yeah, keep it under control, keep the angels at bay. And then, um, you know, ultimately let us to, uh, let us get back into this one. So, um, yeah, no, all these guys are just, I feel like Matt Brash is, um, kind of coming, along better than usual right he's been one of the better relievers in baseball and one of the more effective ones in baseball over the last um you know 30 days or so and uh yeah i think we're seeing the reasons why they were more comfortable moving paul seawall just because of how consistent the bullpen has been over the last uh you know over the last season really has entirely yeah yeah and i i'll i'll admit um i was you know i maybe didn't mention it too much on the podcast here, but I was kind of scared when Paul Seawald came in or got traded that, you know, the Mariners weren't going to be able to close out games. You know, you're effectively trading our best pitcher in the bullpen. And, you know, what's that going to do to the bullpen? That's been pretty good for most of the season. And um, it's safe to say, I, I, I'm not feeling too worried about it anymore. You know, obviously it's still only, seven six seven days after the trade deadline but um you know if we keep getting types of outings like we're getting in this game with Tothpa, Sacedo, and Brash coming in and doing what they did I mean it certainly puts my mind at ease it could certainly mean that they're a big part of getting the Mariners to the playoffs this season so um you know uh, Brash I will mention and you put it in the notes here Brash did put us on it on the edge of our seats a little bit, but ended up getting the save, ending the game. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of par for the course of Brash. I feel like he either gives up a hit or walks someone to put someone on. I don't know. He must he must just do better with someone on. I don't I don't know what the reasoning is there, but it seems like every time he's in a pressure cooker situation, he's got to put someone on. But offensively, Bill, let's move on to the offense because, like you said. Um, 
you know, 14 hits and every Mariner that played except Cade Marlowe had a hit. Um, JP Crawford went two for five, had two runs. Julio went two for three, had two runs, two RBIs. Um, I think his RBIs came off a home run. Yep. His 18th home run of the season off of Reed Detmers in the fourth. Um, Gino went one for five. Tom Murphy went one for five. Teo had a multi-hit game, three for five. Ty France one for three. Cal Raleigh coming up with a big home run in the eighth, and or in the ninth to kind of seal it. And Dylan Moore going two for four. Caballero going one for two. So a great offensive showing from the Mariners. Yeah, no, very good offensive performance. Um, Julio is kind of becoming it. You know, I I keep going back to the last thirty days because I feel like that's been the best batch of Mariner baseball we have, right? Um, <clears throat> You know, five home runs over the last 30 days, seven stolen bases, um, batting 276 with the 490 slug. So, like, he's really just kind of coming into, um, you know, the player that we wanted him to be, I think, the whole season. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like you could say that about a lot of guys right now, right? Cal Raleigh over the last 30 days has a 148 WRC+. Plus. Uh, J.P. Crawford has been awesome the entire year, continues to be awesome over the last 30 days, the 154 WRC+. Plus. Um yeah, there's just a lot to like that you're seeing out of the Mariners offense, I think, you know, in its current state. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> looking at the team runners in scoring position, they only hit three for 15. Obviously, obviously, those three hits scored them some runs. Left 10 on base, so they were getting people on. They had seven walks in the game, so pair that with 14 hits. They were getting runners on, and... and you know, if you don't look at their runners in scoring position, they were getting them to come around. Um, but uh, very, very balanced offensive showing top to bottom here. And, uh, you know, outside of Cal and, and Gino grinding into double plays, I think those are the only, um, you know, negatives from from it offensively. Caballero did get, get his 19th stolen base. So um, that was Friday's game. So Mariners took the first two and, uh, you know, second game was very high scoring. And of course it, it, um, they turned to George Kirby on Saturday and were able to pull out a three, two victory, more of a, more of a pitcher's duel here, but, uh, God, George looked pretty solid in this game, Bill. Yeah. George looked, uh, I thought George looked, um, better than he has in a couple of games. Right. Which is to say that, you know, George, I think has been, he's been decent. Like he had, you know, he's kind of had a little bit of a clunker and then a good one and a little bit of a clunker and then a good one. And, you know, he's kind of put strung together a couple here back to back now. And, um, I think he, I was able to kind of drop the ERA to like three thirty in this, in this game. So really strung together a pretty good game. Um, and, uh, you know, he did, I think, generate 15 whiffs in this game. And if I go back to my, um, uh, go back to my game notes here, I think his pitch mix was, you know, pretty decent in this one. Like I was able to mix in a lot of different pitches. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think is again, but gave a, a good enough, um, for the most part to kind of help the team win in this one, um, kind of help them, you know, hold on for the most part. But, uh, yeah, George is just another player. Like I feel like we 
George is not the blueprint. I, I don't want to say the blueprint, but um, you know, guys like Brian Wu, uh, maybe a couple of the other guys like Bryce Miller that are coming up, right? Um, George is just uh, a guy that mixes in a lot of his different pitches and is able to kind of co- compile good games back to back, and it's kind of becoming a little bit of the blueprint of the pitcher that I think you want. And um, yeah, I would you know definitely say he's uh, behind Luis, ace of the, another ace of the staff, and. Um, yeah, I just I don't think we can say enough good things about Kirby, and I think um, you know it's just going to give the team a chance every time to win. And this was, game was no different. Yep, yep. Uh, <clears throat> his win was his tenth win of the season. His final line: seven innings, three hits, one run. Uh, of course, it was earned on a home run by Grechuk. No walks, five strikeouts. That's going to put us in the driver's seat to win. And then afterwards, Brash came in, pitched an inning, only gave up one hit, um, you know, put someone on, but got out of the inning, got his 15th hold of the season. And then Munoz came in for an inning to close out the game. Um, another roller coaster ride at the end of the game, if not for a uh, phenomenal J.P. Crawford defensive play to s- kind of seal the game a little bit. Um, Munoz did give up an earned run, had two walks. Um, struck out too, but uh, um, you know, picked up the save. And JP, I, I text texted this to you Saturday night and Sunday. I best player on the Mariners right now. You know he's doing it with the bat, but he just showed in Saturday's game he can get it done with the glove too. Yeah, get it done. I mean we we've seen this a couple different times now. JP just coming up with the big play and. Um... Yeah, he's just kind of seemed to have put it into another gear defensively. I think some of the defensive metrics are, um, I don't know, I have a lot of problems with defensive metrics because I feel like outs above average versus defensive run saves, like they can't really agree on a whole lot, right? So like, um, <clears throat> I think in that case, try to use your eyes maybe a little bit more, right? Maybe with, coupled with some of the notes or that you might see in like stats side of things. But, um, <clears throat> you know, JP's has just been uh, the best all-around player I think you, you've seen on the field. Um, and, uh, you know, you couple that with like the good month that he's having and just being the team leader that he is, he's just, he's just very vital to the, to think the Mariners performance. And I think they're, you know, as they go along, especially as they try to go complete for a playoff spot, he's just uh, such an important part of that. And like, I just hope that he's able to kind of keep it going. Cause it's just, uh, you know, JP was one of those guys that he would have a good month and that he wouldn't have a good month. And, it was very hard for him to, I think, keep it up consistently, but we're seeing just the a consistent JP, just be a consistently good JP, and it's just uh, just fun to watch. I know it was either last season or the season before. I think it was last year. He had a very good April, and we're like, man, this is this is the JP that this team needs. And I think he hit five home runs in the month of April had over a 300 batting average. And I think those were the only home runs he hit all season, you know? So um, we knew we were getting a good glove this season. You know, JP is a former gold glove winner, but um, I'm very, very much impressed with how he's picked up his bat a little bit. Um, You know, if you uh, take into account a minimum number of at bats, um, he's leading the team in uh, batting average right now. Now, you lower the minimum of bats, you're going to see like Tom Murphy leading it. Um, I think if you lower him even further, Cade Marlowe might be up there. But 
consistently all season JP has been um the the number one person on the offense. Um, you know, at least if you're a Mariners fan watching it. If you're looking at stats like war and stuff, Julio still um offers more war just because he's kinda he can hit for power, he can steal all this stuff. But JP's been a great table setter in front of Julio. Um I'm gonna circle back around again to the pitching bow because there's something that you uh you put in here that uh I, I definitely want to ask you about, you know, because Andres Munoz did pick up the save, but was a little shaky out there. Um you you asked if we have any concerns about Munoz's velocity. I, I take it with you putting that his velocity's down a little bit. Yeah, I yeah, I mean it's uh he's his fastball, his average fastball last year was running right about a uh, hundred miles per hour. It's uh, it's down about a full mile per hour this year. His slider, I would, it's negligible. I wouldn't even really say that it's changed too much, but it's sitting, sitting right about 88 miles per hour, but his sinker two seamer, he doesn't throw it a whole lot. He didn't really hold throw it a whole lot in 2022, but it seems to be down maybe a little bit from there, but um, you know, we're still talking about a guy that throws, still throws 98, 99 miles per hour. Um, I guess the question is just, is his role kind of changing a little bit? Is that kind of where you maybe credit that to? And, or is there any, and I guess there's any concerns. I thought, I thought he was real shaky in this kind of inning here. I kind of thought we might end up losing this one, but you know, able to kind of get us out on this one, but you know, are there any concerns, I guess, what you've seen out of Menunos and in, in this one and maybe some other games that he had this year? I think there's a little bit concern, especially after we traded Paul Seawald. Um, you know, we traded him knowing that Munoz now is probably the de facto closer. And, um, you know, we knew that, but knew that, you know, even before this game, he's had some shaky innings, you know, giving up two, three runs. Um, some of that is you can kind of put on Scott for leaving him, leaving him out there a little bit too long. But, um I don't know. I wouldn't be too concerned because he's still pumping in 98, 99 still touches a hundred a little bit. Um, you know, and it's, it wouldn't be surprising if that kind of was the trend the rest of the season. And then next year he came back and was pumping a hundred, 101, 102. Um, you know, it's just probably a little bit of wear and tear right now. You know, we've, we've put him in a lot of, since he's come back, you know, he had some injury trouble and then he comes back and we've, thrust them into a high leverage situation role and, um, you know, can't win them all, but, um, I'm not too concerned yet about Munoz's velocity. And it could honestly be that, you know, he, he knows his role is going to change. He's, he's now the Paul sweet Seawald where, um, you know, we're going to see him a lot closing, but we could see him be that firefighter, that person that comes in and, you know, if we need an out in the seventh, and and get us that out so um i don't know i looking at it i don't feel like as much much has changed but i'm not too concerned with it right now got it got it yeah i think i kind of want to see just a little bit more maybe before i make a major determination there but um yeah i think even if it's changed a little bit um and we've you know the mayors have shown with topa and um 
you know, a number of other guys they've always just brought up and had good luck with that we'll be able to find somebody I think out of the bullpen that's going to help us there. So, um, again, going to wait a little bit before I make a major determination there, but it's definitely something to watch, I think, as we go along in the season. Yep, yep. Um, <clears throat> the big thing offensively in this game uh, that happened, you know, honestly, there wasn't any home runs for the Mariners. Um, they got it done off of a couple different uh, doubles, stuff like that. Um, Julio hitting three for four, obviously, is a big thing. But Gino snapped his um, RBI streak in this game. In Friday's game, he had an RBI, and that was his 10th um, straight game with an RBI. Broke the record that was held by Edgar. Um, Saturday's game would have been game number 11th, but he went 0 for 3. He did have a couple shots at getting an RBI. Um, he just couldn't bring anyone around. Um, I, Bo, I, I'm happy with what we're seeing from Gino. I'm kind of sad that the, the streak ended. All, all good streaks must come to an end. But, uh, you know, you take out this game. You know, he he had a pretty good stretch at ten plus game there, ten plus games there that he was hitting the ball really well and was our big uh, RBI machine when we needed him. Yeah, no, he's another one. You know, we were talking about all the guys that have performed well over the last <clears throat> 30 days, and Gino's just another guy on top of that that has just been uh, incredibly solid, right? Good for, you know, I think a 114, 112 WRC plus over the last, like, 30 days, and, um, <clears throat> you know, the last 14 days, but right, hasn't kept as much of that pace, but has still just been, um, you know, over the last seven days, certainly been very, very good, but... Um, Hitting around around 310 with a 333 on base percentage. So like things that just uh kind of seemingly seemingly have clicked for Gino as well. And um yeah, I just uh it just makes me feel good that you know the the manor offense that was sluggish and we were just unimpressed with, I think probably the first couple months have just turned a page, it seems like, because uh, you know, we're rooting for all these guys and um the fact that we're seeing it now and we're seeing i think the best of them this year um just uh yeah i think it, i think it, if you're a mariner fan of you it's the it's the best time of year to watch and um yeah gino's just been a part of that especially the last week or so and um was it was it an official streak of nine games or was it 10 games i'm pretty sure saturday was game number 10 gotcha, gotcha, so gotcha. i think he holds the sole record now gotcha um, now let me go back and fact check this. Gino did have an RBI. So yeah, I think Friday was game number 10 and then, uh, yeah. So ended at 10 games. Um, you know, other, other places offensively, the Mariners only got seven hits here. Uh, Demo went two for four. Um, Tom Murphy, one for three, Ty France, one for three. Um, team runners in scoring position, two for nine, and left on base seven. Um, Julio did get caught stealing in this game. Uh, sixth time he was caught stealing. And Tom Murphy grounded into a double play. But otherwise, pitcher's duel, and the Mariners came out on top. And that kind of trended the same way uh, in Sunday's game. The series closer, the Mariners went in. Um you know, looking to sweep, and they ended up getting it in 10 innings, uh, one three to two. And, uh, yeah, it was a it was a good pitching performance by uh, Bryce Miller, who started the game. He went 
five innings, five hits, only gave up one run and had a season high 10 Ks. Yeah. And Bryce, um, you know, Bryce in this one, uh, he just has that elite spin and it would just, it just played up a lot in this game. And I, uh, there were definite times where he got into a little bit of trouble and he was just uh, able to get himself out of it. I think especially in, in the first and then he comes back to with back-to-back strikeouts against uh, Grichik and Moniak. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, I think he just, uh, I, I think he's another one that he's had some, I think a couple bumpier starts lately, right? Giving up a lot of home runs. Um, and, uh, I think in this game in particular, right, looked very solid. I think for the most part, um, got himself out of tough, some tough situations, and uh, yeah, I think just overall, just a good to see, and just kind of caps a you know a good outside of maybe Luis, um, but a pretty good you know series from the starting pitching side. So um, very good to see from Bryce. Yeah, and that, like I said, ten ten K season high. Um, tied, I think his first game in Oakland when he had 10 strikeouts. So good on Bryce. Um, bullpen wise, um, outside of Trent Thornton blowing a save in, I don't know why it was a save situation in the seventh, but he got a blown save. Um, the bullpen was pretty good. Isaiah Campbell came in, pitched an inning. Thornton, like I said, came in, pitched an inning, did give up a home run to Matt Thice of all people. And then Justin Topa and Saucedo came in in the ninth or the eighth and the ninth and the tenth, um, and uh, they both did really well. Topa won an inning uh, with one K, and Saucedo came in for two innings, struck out three. Um, I think this is the best Saucedo showing we've seen this series right here because um, he pitched two of the four games that uh, were played this weekend, and he looked really good. In both of them, he picked up the win here. He got the win, um, his third win of the season. But uh, Sacedo, uh, you know, I'm very pleasantly surprised for, you know, he he started the uh, year down in AAA and got called up and, and has been every bit of um, the lefty that the Mariners need and, you know, should have probably been on the roster from uh, day one. Yeah, you can say that about, you know, him and him and Gabe, him and Gabe, excuse me, him and Gabe Spire, right? Um, two pretty good lefties the Mariners have seemingly plucked from, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from any, from somewhere. Right. So like, uh, no t- sauce is thing. Cause they call him right in this game. Uh, just, uh, just awesome to give him, I think the two innings here and, um, you know, very good for, I think the Mariners to come around and be able to score that run in the 10th, right. To kind of put sauce in the position to, I think win the game, but, um, yeah, just like I said, continues just this streak of that the Mariners bullpen has been on. And, uh, you know, so say was just a part of that. And, uh, you talk about the big 10th inning that he had with, um, you know, the two big strikeouts I think he had in that one. Um, just, uh, it's very encouraging to see. And it just, uh, you know, we, we, I think we talked about prior to the season, right. The Mariners bullpen, uh, well, bullpens in general, I guess are a little volatile. They can be up, they can be down, but the Mariners has just seemingly like found something with bullpen arms and they continue to just churn out guys that are, uh, High quality, right? And Saucedo was uh, as a piece of that, so it's just uh, very good to see, and you know, happy that he was able to kind of, I think, seal the deal in this one. Yeah, you can pull points out um, individual people this series that helped the Mariners get this sweep. Obviously, game one it was 
Um, Cade Marlowe, uh, game three was JP. Um, you can say JP had a hand in game four as well. Julio had a good Saturday and Sunday, but, um, you know, I, I think the bullpen as a whole needs to get credit for what they did. Um, I'm not saying that the Angels are the best offense in baseball, but they do have one of the best offensive players in Shohei Otani, and he only hit one home run against them in a four-game series. So, um, you know, they were able to shut Otani down and the rest of the Angels' offense, you know, outside of little ticky-tacky things, you know, Thornton giving up a home run to Matt Theis, um, you know, Andres Munoz being a little shaky in game three, but overall just very good showing from the bullpen. And, and um, I think they need to, we, we give them praise all the time, but I feel like we need to continue to give them praise because um, you know, this bullpen is going to be one of the big reasons that the Mariners can get back to the playoffs if they do. So agreed. Agreed. Yes, sir. Offensively, um, you know, it was kind of the JP show defensively the night before, and he came in with a leadoff home run um, to get the game started. Or excuse me, not a leadoff home run, but he hit one. Was it in the – no, it wasn't the first. Oh, yeah, it wasn't the first. It was a leadoff home run. Sorry, I was I was looking at the 10th inning and not the first inning. <laughs> um, um, yeah, got a leadoff home run, 10th home run of the season. Um, Teo. Also hit a home run in this game, his 17th of the season. Another multi-hit game for Teo, three for four. Um, JP went one for five. Uh, Julio went two for four, another multi-hit game for him. His average is starting to trend pretty upwards. He's hitting 257 now. Um, elsewhere, Gino picked up a hit, and I think those were the only four Mariners that got hits. There was only seven hits in the game for the Mariners. But, uh, again, when you hold – the bullpen is able to hold – the uh, Angels to only six hits. I mean, you know, you're going to probably fare a little bit well. Um, team runners in scoring position, one for eight, left on base eight. And after getting caught stealing in game three, Julio picked up in his 27th uh, stolen base of the season off of, I think that's Andrew Moore. Um, so, but yeah, um, you know, multiple, multiple people, including the bullpen, had big, uh, big dealings in this series and it led to a, a sweep. And, um, you know, like we said, before we, we got into the series, this is probably, um, the best series of the year and probably the biggest series of the year, just in terms of, um, you know, where the Mariners go from here and, and what the angels now have to do to, to try to battle back into it. Yeah. And we've battled through, uh, you know, a tough portion of our, of our schedule over the last, over the last month and the schedule gets, uh, I would say a little bit easier upcoming, right? Um, you know, we're going to talk about what the Padres upcoming, um, and then, you know, we'll have the Orioles, but, um, <clears throat> you know, after that we go into the Royals and I think we play the Royals, uh, you know, I think twice more, uh, twice series wise in the month of August. So we're gonna have some good chances here. And then I think we also play the white Sox. So, um, we got some pretty good chances, I think, to make some jumps here. Um, you know, we got a couple of games in there between with Baltimore, like I said, and then Houston. But um, yeah, the Mariners have a really good chance. So I think take another step here, and you know, couple of that with just the good baseball they're playing, and it's just gonna be it's just gonna be fun to watch. 
I, I got I got a sidebar question here, Bo. Out of all the Mariners announcers, or everyone in the broadcast booth, who do you think could have a better down goes Anderson call when we play the White Sox? Uh, I got to give it to Aaron Goldschmidt. I feel like Goldschmidt is, he's he's my guy. So I'll give it to Aaron. I I think the dark horse here is Gary Hill. Okay. I think the dark horse is him. Okay. I think he'd I think he'd have a good one. I feel like they'd both be in the booth though together, so you know, it probably is Aaron Goldsmith making the call, but um, you know, for all those that, that don't know what we're talking about, uh, you know, it's not Mariners related, but Tim Anderson, who Bo asked friend of the show Cody Esman earlier in the season what it would be, take to get him. Um was playing the White Sox were playing Cleveland last night, which was oh uh, Sunday night for all those listening. Um, and <laughs> Tim Anderson and uh, Jose Ramirez got into a fight and Anderson got hit and knocked down. Um, it was just it was funny because the announcers started calling it like a boxing match. And one of them started yelling, down goes Anderson, down goes Anderson. <laughs> you know, almost felt like uh, I was watching WWE there for a second, but yeah, I'm. I'm sure you were. I'm sure you were. It was. Uh, it was I wouldn't call it fun. I see. I guess you could call it call it fun, but uh, no, it was. Uh, it was interesting. Yep. Fun for us. Fun for. It was. It was fun for us. Not fun for friend of the show Cody Esman, who has to watch his White Sox implode yeah, right now. Yeah. But, um, moving on here. Um, we're we're we got a two game series, which is so weird to think about, but two game series against the Padres coming up. And, uh, you know, we got a couple good matchups here. Uh, Tuesday night, we got Logan Gilbert facing Nick Martinez. And then Wednesday night, we got Brian Wu versus Hugh Darvish. Um, Padres pitching's picking it up a little bit. I know they mentioned on the broadcast, I think yesterday, Sunday night that the Padres were, um, in the last couple weeks, their pitching staff was like, uh, throwing like, uh, 1.13 ERA in this time in the last couple weeks. So, uh, you know, we've got a, a Padres team that has not lived up to ex- expectations early in the season, but they're kind of picking it up now. And that could, uh, that could be a tough, uh, a tough matchup for the Mariners. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, a couple of interesting games and yeah, it's kind of two teams that are kind of on the same path right now. Right. In terms of like, uh, kind of making their way out of some of the higher expectations that they both had, I think prior to the season. So, um, should be a good kind of fun little two game mm-hmm. series here with the Padres. Yeah. Out of those two pitching matchups, Bo, which one are you excited to watch? Um, probably Logan Gilbert. I feel like we haven't gotten, uh, you know, he had his, he had his awesome outing back on July 4th and then followed that up with a really good outing against Houston. Um, and he's kind of been, you know, I think just good enough over his last couple outings prior to that, prior to this one. Right. So I'm kind of looking for Logan Gilbert to kind of, I think, kick it up into another gear in this game. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think maybe go a little bit longer into the sixth or seventh and, uh, you know, just give us a really, really solid start. That's who the guy I'm looking for. No, I don't know. I'm ready to see Brian Wu. You know, he stacked up against Otani on Thursday and was able to have a good outing and, and 
Um, I wouldn't necessarily say Abdul um, Shoei, but um, you got another good one in you Darvish coming up. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a good pitching matchup from that aspect for me. But, Bo, it is time for my favorite part here. Prospect corner. Um, <clears throat> you've got someone I don't think I've heard much about. So take it away, Bo. Yeah, today we're going to talk about Reed Van Scutter, I believe, or it might be it's it might be Scooter, but uh, I'm going to say it's, it's, there's no O and there's no extra O there, so I'm going to say it's Van Scutter. Um, but uh, yeah, a fifth round draft pick um, in 2022 out of Coastal Carolina, um, and uh, you know you might be wondering why, but the last time I looked, he does currently lead. Um, Mariners minor league pitchers with strikeouts, um, which I believe is sitting right around 115 right now. So he's got some pretty good numbers out of Everett this year. Um, ERA that sits right around 3.2, um, striking out about nine, nine, nine and a quarter per nine. Um, you know, walking only about two and a half per nine. So some really solid numbers right now, nine and four at Everett. Um, you know, I think he his fastball is not going to really super blow you blow you away, but um, he does. It looks like he does throw all like four pitches. He throws a changeup, he throws a slider and a curveball. Um, I think he one of the interesting things about him is he is 24 years old. He was like a fifth year senior coming out of Coastal Carolina, so um, he's somebody that I do think could actually move fairly fast. Um, he again, 24 years old, was coming kind of coming into major league baseball a little bit older. Right. So, um, as somebody that I think could probably move fast, I think he might end up going to Arkansas at some point, maybe the rest of the year, but certainly I think to start next year. And then, you know, once they get to Arkansas, it's all bets are off. So, um, Reed Van Scotter, I think might end up being the Mariners minor league strikeout pitcher for strikeout leader for the year. So, um, that's our guy for today. Uh, I had my mic on mute, Bo, but as you were saying, he came from Coastal Carolina. I was yelling, go Chance. Go Chance. Yeah, yeah. Because aren't, aren't they the Chandeliers? They are, yep, they out are. of the Sun Belt. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Out, of, out of the Fun Belt, baby. Nope. Out of the Fun Belt. Hey, maybe we'll do a, an episode coming up, Bo, where we talk about uh, – uh, all these super conferences come together in the NCAA. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. Okay, we won't. At least not on here. <laughs> do you have anything else for us, Bo? Before we uh, we head out of here, uh, I do. And maybe maybe you've been maybe you've been paying attention to the broadcast, but we'll just uh, we'll see see if you can pick it up here. Um, if you've been listening, to, if you've been listening to the closely to the Mariners broadcast, you might be able to get this. But um, so Julio is on base streak. It did end. Oh, it's a trivia question. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. It... Sorry. Okay. It did end. Julio's okay. Julio's okay. on base streak okay. ended. So like, um, I guess the question is pretty simply, who has the Mariners' longest on base streak in Mariners history? Who has it? They've mentioned this a couple times no, in the broadcast. I've not been listening. Okay. To... Gotcha. I'll give you a hint. Was it the TV broadcast? Yeah, it was the TV broadcast. Yes. Okay. Does that help? Does that give you any chance? Well, what's my Yo, hint? Your hint is it was this player's rookie rookie year. So Ichiro then? No. 
Ichiro Suzuki is he is second. He is second on the list. It wasn't his rookie year, but Ichiro is second. He was he had a he had a streak of forty three games on base. This person eclipsed it. This person's streak was forty seven games. Was it Julio? It It was Julio. It was not Julio. No, I don't know that. Who was it? It is. You stumped me. It is. Alvin Davis in his rookie year, 1984, had 47 games on base wow. streak. Right. And he won the AL Rookie of the Year yes, that year. Yes, he did. 84? 84, 1984. 84. Yes, sir. Yep. 84. Dang. Can't believe I didn't know that. Well, no, you, well, no. you do now. There you go. All right. You got me there, Bo. It's first time in a while. There we go. Should have been listening to the broadcast more, but all right. Do you have anything else for us before we get out of here? All for me. All good. All righty. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest and beyond. Thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. For Bochism, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys on Friday.